Father, I want to thank you. Speak to us. Amen. Teach us a word. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. In Jesus' precious name. Everybody say a big amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Most welcome to the house of God. Take your Bible and say, this is my Bible. It contains the word of God. I can't hear you. Say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I'm about to receive the rich, unfailing, grafted word of God, which is able to save my soul and give me an inheritance in the kingdom of God. My life will never be the same, never, never the same, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give somebody a shoulder, I mean, an elbow. Say, you are welcome, you are welcome, you are welcome. It's a Hallelujah. Okay. Um, today we well, we still continue our teachings on the presence of God, and the, the presence of God talks about the aura of God. The three main elements is the, consist of the, the aura of God, the voice of God, and the giftings of God. Hallelujah. And. Uh, when somebody is around, the presence of the person around will determine your promotion or your demotion depending on how you relate with the person. So the presence of somebody can bring you goodies. You can have handouts. And that is if you do what makes a person happy. And when, if you also provoke him, you can get some slaps. And uh, depending on who you are dealing with, uh, the weight of his punishment can be stronger. And so, the presence of God does two things in our lives. The presence of God can help us, and the presence of God can hurt us depending on how we relate with the presence. Can I have an amen? amen? And God's presence is with his people. Amen? amen? The presence of God can be in a place and the presence of God can also be with a person. That is why uh, in Exodus Moses said that if your presence does not go with me, then we are not going to go. It means that the people of Israel were not ordinary. That's what they are not ordinary. Yeah. Exodus 33. Uh, 15 and 16 and then coming back to the 14. I want to show you something. He said, if your presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Is that right? Good. Now, then go back to the verse 14. Then he said, my presence shall go with thee and I'll give you rest. So it means that Moses, as he was leading the people, he was not an ordinary person. <laughs> God had agreed to go with him with his presence. 
So as he was walking around, there was an invisible presence with him, an invisible personality. So touching Moses meant that you were trying to touch God. And touching the people of Israel meant that you were touching. That's why when, the, when uh, they were in the, going in, the Bible says in Psalm 105, it says, touch not my anointed, I think verse 15, do my prophets know 15 and 16. So what he was trying to say is that now the people of God became the anointed of God. Are you getting me? Those who have been separated unto God. And Moses was also the anointed of God. And so you, because of that, they could not be touched. When you read the 16 and 17, it says that kings, uh, start from 14, let me see. Let me look at the 14, what he's saying. Uh, he suffered no man to do the what? Wrong. Yes, he even reproved kings for their sakes. Why? Because the verse 15 says, saying, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you could see that because God's presence was with them, their enemy could not touch them. And in trying to touch them, you are touching God. It's like if somebody is with his child, you try to touch a child, you are touching the parents, they will deal with you. I hope you are getting what I'm saying. So as Moses was leading the people of Israel, he was leading them with God's presence with him. So anybody who tried to touch Moses was touching God. And when now, I, I want you to know that human beings are not ordinary. Are you getting me? Yeah. yeah. And when you see an anointed man of God, don't relate anyhow with him. When Moses, as they were going in the wilderness, he carried the presence of God with him. See, if you take even the traditional priests, the traditionalists, he has a presence eh, of another spirit that makes them fearful and that makes them something. And that is why they can use it to terrify people and harass people or when you try to touch them or you engage in a certain spiritual combat, you know, depending on your level of spirituality, they can hurt you. And if you are in Christ and you are stronger, you overcome them. I hope you are getting me. Uh -huh. So as a guy is there, sometimes, so, so you see some guys are walking around. They come with some kind of confidence and go. And they know that they have, they have some talisman by, uh, around their waist. They have, they have eaten some butter. Eh? Some mojos. They are carrying some mojos. So there, there's a certain presence with them. When I was young, I saw certain people from Benin and Togo, those areas, and they were somewhere in Accra, and they were whipping themselves with cutlasses, and they were, it was not cutting, sharp cutlass, it was not cutting them, and hitting themselves with hot uh, uh, firewood. Yeah. And nothing was burned because they, they, a certain kind of evil presence was with them. I hope you are getting me. In the same way too, when somebody is a servant of God 
and anointed of God, God's presence is with him. And the church, God's presence is with the church. So when you touch the church, you have touched God. When you touch God's servant, you have touched God. That is why David, when his servants, his Saul, King Saul, and he said, let us kill him. He said that you cannot touch the Lord's anointed and be guiltless or be faultless. You are not permitted. Even at that time that it looked like God had abandoned him, there was still the aspect of the giftings of God with him. He might have lost the aura, he might have lost the voice, but he had the giftings. I told you, the presence has three components. And so he was not permitted to touch him. And he said, God himself will finish him. He could die in war, he could die a natural death or whatever. But when you touch him, you are guilty. So don't say that, oh, this one God has abandoned him. This one God has finished with him. No, you don't do that. I hope you are getting what I'm saying. Okay, so I'm trying to bring your mind. Yeah, First Samuel 26, 9. David said to Abishai, destroy him not. Tell your friend, destroy him not. You don't destroy a king. In fact, Paul, in the book of Acts, when... Uh, he was he was slapped. Is that right? Yeah. There's a chief priest or high priest who were accusing him of something, and then they slapped him, and then he called the man a whitewashed tomb and insulted the chief priest. And Paul said, hey, "Don't you know it's the chief priest you are talking to like that?" He said, "No, I didn't know, because it is written that you shall not speak against the ruler of your people." Yes. So even Paul at that time, even though he had been hit in the wrong way, he did not have a right to speak against. That's what he, not speaking against. Yeah, I'm teaching spiritual principles though. And, and I'm showing you the fact that the anointing can help you, the anointing can heal you, anointing also can hurt you, and anointing can destroy you. The presence. Amen? Okay, so... We are going to get into the word and we'll see what the word is saying about that. Now, so I'm talking about strange happenings in the presence of God. There are strange things that happen. Now, when the people of Israel were going, were traveling, they had what we call the Ark of the Covenants. Is that right? The Lord made Moses prepare what we call the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant consisted, uh, that was, was the manifest presence of God. The Ark of Covenant was a physical manifestation of God's presence. So it was an Ark, you know, which contained the, the commandments of God and other things. So, and so it was a physical manifestation of God. And wherever the Ark was, God was there. Wherever the Ark of, of, of the Covenant was, God was there. And wherever the presence of God is there are manifestations. Is that right? So it means that wherever God's presence is, there are manifestations. That's what it, wherever God's presence is, there are manifestations. Now there are a wide variety of manifestations of the presence of God in your life and ministry from today onwards. 
Now, the first thing that the presence of the, there are strange happenings, th strange things that happen in the presence of God. The first is death to all the mockers of God's presence. There's death to all the mockers of God's presence. When you mock the presence of God or you lie to the presence of God. Now, go to Acts chapter 5. We'll do Acts 5. We'll do New Testament and we'll do Old Testament. In Acts chapter 5, the Bible says that there was a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And they kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it. That means the wife knew about it. They conspired and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Yeah? But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Then he said, whilst it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own power? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart that thou hast not lied unto men, but unto who? God. So, as, as Ananias and Sapphira had conspired that, look, we, we bought, we sold the land for 100 cities, but we'll tell them that we, we, we sold it for 50 cities. We'll pocket 50 and give them the 50. And when they went, you see, he thought that he was just talking to men, but he was not talking to ordinary men. Are you here with me? He was not talking to man. That is why he said that. He's, so by the spirit, he got to know that word. They were lying. He said, why have you allowed Satan to fill your heart with lies? Is that right? And then, now they could have decided that, look, we sold the land for 100 cities, but we are giving 50 cities. That is what they say. But they tried to be deceptive like, this is how much we sold it for. And that's why deception, you see, deception is the first step Satan always uses. So anytime anybody starts deceiving, he has, he has fallen in the category of Satan. For man to fall, Adam and Eve had to be deceived. In fact, the woman was deceived. Is that right? The Bible said the woman was deceived. So, and to be deceived means to be made to believe something to be true, which is not so. And that is by what? Lying. So anytime you are lying, you, are, you have opened the door for Satan to operate through you. And that's why he said that, why has Satan filled your heart eh, to lie to the Holy Ghost? So lying, there's nothing like holy lie. Every lie is coming from Satan. If you don't want to lie, then don't say anything. Is that right? Better not say anything. So he said, is your husband there? He said, he's not there when he's there. Sometimes, some people say, oh, I'm not well. When you are well, you, are, you want to bring sickness on yourself. The day you feel very tired to go to work, then you call off and say, I, I am not well. You are not well. You know, and he says, I want to tell a white lie. Which one is white and which is green and which is whatever? A lie is a lie. You know? All lie be lie. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, don't. don't. Listen, you, you see, and you are a Christian. And when you are a Christian, your, your level is different. Are you getting me? And so he said, why is it that you have allowed Satan to, you know, 
to fill your heart. So it's Satan who fills our heart eh, with lying for us to lie. That time when I'm talking to people, I just know that they are lying. Just that I don't want to embarrass them. So I just keep I just shake my head. But I know you are lying. <laughs> big time, big time lying. I just know, I just know you are you are just lying to me straight away. But I just uh, I just don't want even to say anything so that it will create something. So I only pray my heart, Lord, just be merciful to him. Amen. Yeah. But if you meet somebody like, it's not everybody who will be this way. Because the Peters and Cole, they may say something. Eh? Look at the verse 4. <laughs> what? <laughs> he said, why it remained own? After it was so, was it not in your own power? Why is it that you have conceived this thing in your heart? So lying is what? It's a conception. Then he says that in your heart, thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Yeah, you have lied unto God. But you see, Ananias was still not talking to Peter. Was still talking to God. But Peter was what? God's representative. He was the anointed of God. He had been filled with the Holy Ghost. He was the first person who, when the, the Holy Ghost came down, he stood up and he preached. And 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ at that time. And that was a huge number. Are you getting me? Yes. Yeah. And what happened to them? Verse 5. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down. Peter didn't say die. When he said, why have you done this? He fell down. And gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all those that heard these things. Then verse 6. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. Then verse 7. It was about the space of three hours after. When his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And then Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. Trying to, it means that they had conspired. And Peter said, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Hey! Have you seen it? They were talking to a man who, but you see, it was tempting what? The spirit of the Lord. Behold, the feet of them which have buried your husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Hey! Then she fell down straight at his feet, yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carried her forth, buried her by her husband. Are you getting what I'm teaching you? So when you are dealing with a man of God, you say, I'm talking about the presence of God. And I told you that, listen, the juju man has a certain presence with him. And when you get around them, you can feel something. You can feel the mojos, the akbalaba. But, and the man of God too has a presence you may not, he may not do your kind of thing. But there is a presence. And so as you are talking to him and you are lying to him and you are maligning him and you are insulting him, it's not him. It's that you are dealing with the presence. So the presence of God around him can help you in ministry healing and deliverance to you and it can also hurt you. It can fight you. That is the reason why you see, a, a, a township can be there, a community can be there. And when the man of God goes there, his crusade heals people. 
But was God not there? God has been there. We say God is everywhere. But he carries the manifest presence of God there. Wow. He carries the manifest presence. So there is something. So when you see, I, I have very high respect for men of God. And you see, if you don't have very high respect and regard for men of God, you, you become nothing. I'm telling you. And you can, you can get nothing also from them. Because what you respect is what you attract. Yeah. Most Ghanaians don't respect successful people. We only malign them when I hear convoy. We cocaine. You think everybody, when you are, you are snoring, you are working. When, when, when you are, after that, you are sitting down and you are chilling, he's learning. Learning this, learning that, learning that, learning that, learning that, learning that. Burning the milk night, midnight candle to try to become something. And when you become something, you see that time, you see, Bible says that do your work outside. Then you can now just enjoy within your household. Whilst he's working secretly, nobody will see him. Now, when he's exhibiting prosperity, they, they point accusing fingers. And that's the reason why most Ghanaians don't really rise up. How many Ghanaians have got aircrafts? But go to Nigeria and say, go to Mutalamu Ahmed Airport. Many private jets that are there. Many private jets that are there. Most of the big businesses in Ghana, they are owned by foreigners. Most Ghanaians will not even open their hearts and work well for their own Ghanaian man. You come and say, monkey, they work, baboon, they chop. So you two never go become baboon. You will never work hard. But they will work. Because they know that one day their turn will come. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you learning something here? So the first point I'm trying to make here is that the presence of God can bring you death and can bring you life. Death to all the mockers of God's presence. And I've given you the first example of Ananias and Sapphira who mocked the presence of God. And they thought that they were talking to man, but it was not man they were talking to. It was God they were dealing with. Can I have an amen? Even some people who have a certain kind of mindset. I remember we went to a certain village somewhere somewhere in the Volta region. And that's why carrying our things, somebody saw one of our guys, those who used to be very fair. Then the person said, ah, as I've seen, I think there were two of them or so. He said, me who broni? Me who broni? Me who nyame? Once I've seen, I've seen a white man, I've seen God. So if you, are, if you see an anointed man of God, Charlie, you are, you, are, you, are, you are close to God. There's something about God. Yeah. It doesn't mean that he's faultless. But there's still something he carries. Can I have an amen? amen? Now, let's look at another example. Which you can find in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 to 7, 11 to 12. Uh, regarding the, the, the Ark of the Covenant. And I told the Ark of the Covenant signifies what? The presence of eh, God. Is that right? The manifest presence of God. Now, the Philistines... One day took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. 
And when the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. So they set it by their idol. So if the idol was there, they set it by them. And when the day of Ashdod arose early on the morning, behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the earth before the Ark of the Lord. That means that everybody will bow before his presence. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. So the fallen idol, they took him. And when they arose early the following morning, behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon this time and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stamp of Dagon was left to him. He had been decapitated. Yeah. Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod unto this day. Have you seen it? A certain power was released. And the power hurt the confrontation by the enemy. Yeah. And the verse 6 says that, but the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod. Eh? That means that the hand of the Lord is talking about the presence of God. And he destroyed what? Them. The presence of God heals and hurts and blesses. But this time, the presence destroyed them and smote them with emeralds. Even Ashdod and the coast thereof. Verse 7. And when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so, they said, The ark of God of Israel shall not abide with us. For his hand is sore upon us and upon Dagon our God. So they didn't like him. Are you getting me? So they asked that then the ark should be taken away. J jump to verse 11. Then they sent therefore, so they sent and gathered together, all together the lords of the Philistines and said, send away the ark of God of Israel and let it go again to his own place that is lay as what? Not. So the ark of God symbolizes the presence of God the manifest presence of God, that's what he slays. Are you learning something here? People don't know why sometimes people die prematurely. What could the anointing be when I grow? Amen? No, I have to teach you as a pastor. Amen? So you don't cross some line. You know some of you, they will tell you uh, that uh, but do something, don't go and joke, joke. Don't do, don't they, they tell you when they are doing their thing, don't go and do something, something. Is that not it? Because if you go and cross their path, they can invoke something against you. But if you are, if you are afraid of Babu, something, something, eh? and you are not afraid of the Most High God, the presence of the Most High God, then you don't know what you are joking with. And the interesting thing is that, you see, it was just an act of the covenant. So they didn't respect what it was. And sometimes you see that somebody who is anointed of God, you, you, you may look very ordinary. <laughs> so you will joke around him. That same anointing, if you respect it, will, respect, will respectfully bless you. But if you hurt it, will annoyingly destroy you. Yeah. Yeah. Touch not. That's what they touch not. That's why anybody who is an enemy to them. You see, the, the, and I told you that anointing is with people in, uh, upon places. Jesus said, I will build my 
church, which means his anointing is upon the church. So every destroyer of the church is an enemy. And you see, when somebody is your enemy, what happens? You deal with the person. So if you are an enemy of the church and you are destroying the work of the church, overtly or covertly, directly or indirectly, by the things you do and by the things you do not do, by your actions and inactions, you must know that a certain presence is going to deal with you. Amen. Amen. Are we learning something here? Good. <laughs> so the presence of God, like I said, in the form of the Ark of the Covenant, caused death to the enemies of God. And over and over we see that the presence of God in a minister's life brings judgment to those who mock God's servants. Eh? Yeah. The Philistines discovered first son. They carried the Ark of God into their camp and they were plagued with diseases and death. And they recognized that they had toyed with the presence of God and were paying dearly for their lives. Tell somebody, don't toy with the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over. The presence of God. Now, not every man of God probably may carry a certain level of presence of God. But however, some of God's servants, they carry the presence of God with them. And when you toy with them, some things are going to happen to you. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And don't joke around with them. Then the judgment to all the... You see? Judgment to... Number two. The judgment to all the mockers of God's presence. Eh? Now before you even get to that one, let me also give you an example of mocking, mocking a man of God. Do you remember that Elisha was being mocked by the young kids. Eh? Do you remember that story? Old man, bald man. And what happened to them? What happened to them? I can't hear you. Oh, what fire? What happened to them? They were eaten by animals. Bears. Bears came. Osisre came and ate. The, hey, Charlie, don't joke. That is why, please, when you see some man of God, he's even preaching, and ni are ni el, no your problem. And you are marking the person's dressing and his whatever. It is not your business. I said, it's not what? Your business. You are not the one to correct the man. Amen. Yeah, leave him to his God. Don't get up and don't have meetings. Don't have meetings. I said, don't have meetings. Before some cockroaches and lizards will enter your mouth. And sometimes the thing is that if you are the only one to suffer, that's okay. But you and your children will suffer. Innocent children will suffer. Me, I've seen it. Innocent children suffering because of the sins of their father and their mother for crossing certain lines. Crossing certain lines. You see, when, when, uh, when um, in Numbers chapter 27, the five daughters of Zelophehad, they went to uh, um, Moses and said that our fathers, you know, he said our father died not having joined the rebellion. Are you getting me? By his soul, whatever. So they are trying to say that this our father, he, he didn't do anything bad. 
Eh? He didn't do anything bad so that we should become recipients of any bad thing. And so when they took the matter to God, God said, even though the ladies are not supposed to inherit, because they have made their case, let them inherit a portion of their father's inheritance. Yeah. It means that your sins can affect the, the life of your children. That's why the Bible said the, the fathers have eaten a sour grape and the children's teeth are set on edge. Can I have an amen? Am I teaching you something good? You see, I started teaching about the presence of God. But when you are teaching something, you must teach it wholly, holistically. Amen. Uh huh. Do you know that medicine is good? But if you don't take it appropriately, it can hurt you. Do you know paracetamol is good? Eh? It gets rid of pain. But if you take too much of it, it has its own problems. Yo, so that's what I'm teaching you this way. So when we are teaching, some of you, you have some, your way your, your mind works. So the way the man, he said, are you threatening? I'm, what do I, need? I don't need to threaten you about anything. I don't need, I, I don't gain anything. I'm only teaching you as a pastor, uh, as a good pastor, and a balanced pastor, I must teach you what you need to know and to do. That's it. Some of you are not clapping, you are suspects. I'm teaching you so that you do the right thing. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 to 9. Look at it. Yeah. So don't get up and say, Whatever God wants to do, nobody needs to say anything. If you are misbehaving, God can deal with you. Is that right? But to avoid certain problems. Eh? Yeah. Sometimes you say, Oh, how? Oh, I should have told him not to do this. I should have told her. Or sometimes DJ, the person, you know. And I know that some people do things in ignorance. Yeah. Are you getting me? Like Paul, for instance, insulted the chief priest or the high priest in ignorance because he didn't know. So when they told him that that's the chief priest, he said, Oh, I didn't know. He quickly confesses. He said, I didn't know. And he himself quoted the scripture that it is written that you do not speak against the ruler of the people. Yes. And one of the sins people don't know. That they commit, which affects them in generations after, is a speaking against, which pro brings about provocation. I'm coming there. I'm taking my time. Amen. Second Samuel chapter six. Fufu is good, but if you eat it too much, you can have problem. Yeah, pavlov soup is good. But if you eat too much of it, you can be in trouble. Amen. Are you here with me? Okay. Let's read it. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel. Thirty, how many? Thousand. Uh-huh. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from what? Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart. And watch it. They set the ark of God where? Upon a new ark and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cats 
And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fair wood, even on harps and on satyrs and on timbrels and on cordets and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God. Now, I told the ark of God symbolized what? The presence of God, the man's presence of God. And took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. Is that right? It was on an ark, on the, on the cart. So, and the oxen was one. Uh-huh, he shook it. And when he shook it, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God smote him there for his error. Watch it. God smote him there for what? For his error. And there he died by the ark of God. The presence of God killed Uzzah. Now watch it. I will explain why. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah and he called the name of the place per Perez Uzzah to this day. Is that right? And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? Hey. Continue to read. So David will not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obedidom the Gittite. You see? When he saw that the thing was killing. Now he said, Obed, 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 you must carry the thing. We are taking it to the house of Obed. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obedidom the Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obedidom and all his household. Ah, the Lord turned that thing. Have you seen? Now, responses are different. Verse 12. And then, and it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obedidomo and all that pertains unto him because of the ark. Because of what? The ark of God. So, the, the same ark that was killing. Eh? The same that ark killed somebody. The same ark now was what? Blessing somebody's house. So, David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedidom into the city of David with God. Gladness. Now, let me explain something to you. The ark of God was going. The Bible said they put it on a new cart. They manufactured a new cart, put it on, and then as they were going, the thing, the 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 thing was about to fall. Is that right? It, you know, it shook, so it lost its balance, and as the ark lost its balance. Uzzah tried to hold it, to balance it. Thomas said, balance it. Now, I'm teaching something very important here today. He tried to balance it. And in his bid to balancing it, he died. Why did it happen so? First of all, the ark was not supposed to have been put on a new cart. Because the ark must be born on the shoulders of the priest. Is that right? The shoulders, the priests carry the ark on their what? Shoulders. And it's talking about responsibility of priesthood. So the priest, you must carry the presence. You, it is not the animal that must carry the presence. The human beings must what? Carry the presence. 
They must carry it on their shoulder. That means that they must have a responsibility. They must live a responsible life. They must have a responsibility as they carry the Ark of the Covenants. But they didn't do the right thing. No, that's another message altogether. So later you see that uh, uh, somewhere uh, in chapter 11 and 12, you find out that David instructed that they should now uh, make sure that they carry the ark. Eh? He instructed the priests to now carry the ark of the covenant on their shoulders. Is that right? Good. Now, the question comes up. Why is it that Uzzah tried to create the, uh, uh, hold it? It's important to know how to relate in the presence of God. You see, familiarity with God's servants and the presence of God can be costly. The ark of God seemed to be a common thing in those days. And Uzzah simply stretched out his hand to balance the ark. Unfortunately, that displeased the Lord and he died for his mistake of being too casual. The guy was what? So what? Casual. He was not a priest. And he tried to go and touch that which priest must touch. And He tried to be familiar. That's one thing, familiar. Familiarity with God's servants and the presence of God can be costly. Now, see, whenever a man of God seems easily available, you must not allow that to deceive you. <laughs> the strong presence of God around their lives and ministry may mean more than <laughs> you care to acknowledge. Amen? You see, whatever sometimes seems more available to you eh, must be very important to you. Whatever even looks so common to you must be the most important priceless commodity to you. When see this is a bottle of water. Coca-Cola cannot be compared to this. A wine bottle will be more expensive than this, but it cannot quench thirst. Gold seems to be more expensive than the water, but you, can't, you don't eat gold. It can't quench your thirst. So some of the things that sometimes come your way every now and then, which you see as more important, can never be compared to what is available to you all the time. Air seems to be very cheap. You don't even pay for air. But false, yeah, you can't pay. But when you are not well and they give you oxygen at the hospital, try it and see. Just only one hour. And see the bill they'll give to you. Are you getting me? You see the bill they'll give to you. At any time human beings are giving you oxygen, 
your life is between, it's, you, are, you are between life and death. But when it's available to you to breathe all the time, you are free. Anytime that they even go to hospital and they say, yeah, the insu- insu- insu. there's water. They call it insu- water. <laughs> but it's dextrose. They put dextrose on you, whatever, and inject other things into you. You must know that, that it is a certain kind of life. So, what looks common to you, don't mistreat it. So when you see your father and your mother all the time available to you, mommy, daddy, don't think, look, the day they are not around, you will see their importance. Yeah. I'm telling you, the day your mother is not around, the day your father is not around, you will see their importance. So when you have a man of God, oftentimes, say, God's treasure it's like gold ore. When you see gold ore, eh? one day I went somewhere and they gave me gold in an ore form. They gave me the stone like that. He said, there's gold inside this. Gold inside it. It doesn't look like gold. It, it, it takes a, a different eye to be able to know that this is gold inside it. Yeah. So, if you don't respect the gold ore, you throw it away. And oftentimes, the revered and special servants of God, they can walk around looking very ordinary. I believe Peter was probably looking very ordinary because the guy was a fisherman. Okay, I mean, I will say, I I I I but how when you are by mama, but papa when you are doing away, yeah. Now, I would have not talked now. The way the guy talks, and I said, So I'm sure, and the nice answer, probably are intelligent people, they are going to school, they thought they were smart, so they are coming to outsmart. Yeah, outsmart the guy. This guy, he doesn't think deep, but they don't know that in his simplicity, he has something around him, which he didn't acquire himself. No, 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 no. Bible says that this one, this honor, no man takes upon himself. Nobody calls himself. This thing called the work of God. Bible says that God has put his treasure in earthen vessels. Earthen vessels. So when you look at that earthen vessel, you may not respect it, but the treasure is inside. So depending on the way you treat the earthen vessel, then you can get the blessings of God. This one, we can see the gold they play. Some of them, the one they gave me. (laughs) Are we learning something here? Yeah. I want to help somebody here today. So, there are men of God who do not use big words. Yeah. Yeah, neither do they wear royal clothings to give aura of specialness or mystery and mystery. But they are covered with the strong presence of God. Do you know why some men of God, do you know why they wear when they come? Because they know when they don't do that, you don't respect them. Yeah. That's why even some of the guests I bring, so that's one the way they are. But for you to receive them. 
Yes? Okay. So see my secretary. Something he can give you an answer. See my secretary. And you have book appointment. Two months, three months. I had one of my boys who went somewhere. Later he was in some church. He traveled and went to some church. He told me himself, he used to hold the pastor's Bible. He said he needed an appointment with the pastor. Three months he hasn't got an appointment. Just imagine you are holding, you, you hold my Bible after service. Oh, daddy, you carry my Bible all the way. When I go, but to get appointment with me, to sit down so that we can sit and say, my, my secretary has book appointment for us to talk. Three months, wasn't getting appointments. So now, when you sit with him, you respect his time. When he takes a telephone call and calls you, say, hey, yes, my daddy has called me. But some of you, I know when I call you, he dies in. Then they will even put it on speaker so the other people will hear what your pastor is about to say. He's coming to tell me why didn't I come to church? Why are you not this? Why are you not? I know, I know. I know what he's coming to say. Yeah. I know things. I know things. Yeah. You are not respecting the grace of God. That an anointed God has prepared an anointed person and has drawn you close and given you an opportunity by the anointing that yours shall be what? Destroyed. Oh. You don't understand. Some of you don't understand relationship. On my birthday, five something, Bishop Ajina had already sent me a test. Yes. How many of you sent me a message at that time? Some of you, nine in the night. Ten. Someone in the following day. Apostle General called me. Started ready. I can play the recording of his prayers. Yeah. Value and anointing. When I said thank you, he said you deserve this. Yes. But you don't see that your man of God deserves your time even to call and to appreciate him. If I should read to you the things, Bishop, I just... Dear Dr. Jonathan Ikuban, that you could see the, the regard, the honor, and everything, and the kind of prayer. Oh, yes, wonderful. And other men of God, apostles, here, there. Yes, they have respect for the anointing. They have respect for the anointing. Amen. Yeah. One day I just visited that pastor. He said we went to his, his site. And then I just felt an unction, something to pray for. So I knelt down. He said, I said, pray, man of God, you can pray. And I knelt down. And I started praying. As I prayed, he said, you have poured your heart. You have prayed. And he said, the Lord says, all these blessings shall come to you. You don't know who this man of God are. Some of you, those of you, get up and say, never speak like that again. The Lord forgive you. Amen. And those who speak against Bishop Ajin and speak against the Archbishop, do you know what they have been through? Then you get up and say, Sir Duncan Williams, no? Sir Duncan Williams, no? Sir Duncan Williams, no? Sir Ekuban, Ekuban, no? Ekuban, no? If for nothing, Bible says that respect the hoary hair. H O A R Y. Make sure, bro. I mean, I told you the grey. Well, uh, 
Respect great Respect the elderly. There's a blessing and there's an honor and a promotion that comes into your life. By doing that. Just that regard alone. And let alone when the person is anointed. Yeah. I was sitting by Bishop Ajay's wife. And what I think she had to do something. Had to get up and try and pick it for him. Uh, trying to help her with her shoes. Oh, oh, man of God, choke yourself. No, no, no. You are the bishop's wife. And despite any relationship, but to inside my heart, truly have deep respect for her. My pastor's wife was Mommy Junior in secondary school. I think when she was in sixth form or something, she had come to form one. But she had high respect. That's nothing like I'm older than you. Because of the fact that this is our papa, our papa's wife. So, and the children have high respect. I can't I don't talk anyhow to their child. No. No, never. I cannot and I will not. I'm not a fool. There's a saying that love me and love my dog. Have respect. There is something that will come to you when you do that. It's a blessing. And when you also despise the anointing, there's something that comes. Are you learning something here? Yeah. Amen. We are coming to the main thing. Hallelujah. So there are few people who are able to handle casual men of God. When you see a casual man of God, don't joke with him. Yeah. Sometimes God just wants them to walk in a certain simplicity to determine the state of your heart and how to be able to relate with him. Yeah. And I believe that by the grace of God, I'm one of them. Yeah. I can Listen, God shows me many things. I can say, man... Lots of the people come and prophesy anything. Tell the Lord, that, can't you? Some of them, when they come and they call me and they say this, and I say, I know it already. And they themselves say, Pray for them. There's even one thing about even seeing the thing, and another thing about spiritual authority to release. Wow. Yes, you don't know. Yeah. yeah, there are two different things. There are two different things. There's something called spiritual authority. Yeah, that makes the thing to happen. And I want you also to understand today that there's nobody who can ever bless you better than your own father. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody blesses you. No, no bless. Listen. Don't you see the way people treat their children? Even when they're so angry. Hey, you. Hey, when they're good. Hey, hey, hey. But when somebody's own, boom! And when it's blessing too, the way they will speak. Yeah. So when I'm speaking, those of you will be very sincere with me. Your weddings, you see the way I pray for my heart. If you, if, if you don't like me for nothing, whatever you accuse me of, you go and play your wedding tapes. Yeah. Or listen to your friends. Where, see the way I pray for See the way I pray for your children. Yeah. Yeah. Two days ago, somebody met me outside the country. And then he sent some gifts through somebody said she'll bring to me. The wife called me, and then when I was saying thank you, and I prayed, when I finished prayer, the wife said, This prayer, he said, it is carrying us throughout the year. This, this, this kind of prayer. Yeah. 
The daughter also wrote the man before I read the man has also sent you know a birthday, whatever, and all those kinds of things. The price said, We you are a priceless person to us, and they are in a very big church somewhere. Priceless, he said, This prayer you have prayed. And they have met somebody after I prayed, they said, He said, This prayer is taking me not less than two years. Yes, from my heart, and I know I pray from my heart. So if you are in this church and you do not regard this anointing and this grace on your life, then I'm, I'm wondering what else you want again. And if you are stoning me for what? So I, uh, uh, Jesus said, for what sin have I committed that you stone me and you want to say evil about me? You tell me my evil and I'll kneel down and beg you. But if I have not done, and if my, all my sin is to bless you and preach to you, service after service, and sometimes you don't know what a man of God even goes through, or whilst he's even preaching to you, whilst he's bleeding, he's blessing you. But in the midst of it, you are insulting him. In the midst of it, you are disregarding him. In the midst of it, you are saying bad mouthing and saying bad things about him. It's a very dangerous thing you are doing. And there is something we don't know. And that is speaking against leadership. You will, you will let the forces of heaven come against you. Let me show you. Numbers chapter 40. Now, before we even, as you are reading there, do you know that get the scripture of Miriam and uh, uh, who? Aaron, when they spoke against Moses, they spoke against Moses because of what? The Ethiopian what? Woman. So what were they doing? They were trying to bring balance. Is that right? Like Uzzah. Who's that was trying? You are not the one to balance the man of God's life. You don't balance the anointing. Are you getting me? Are you listening to me? You don't balance the anointing. You don't balance the presence. He said, I think the balance he's going off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he's preaching, even the way he's doing his leg like that. Pastor, next time when you are preaching, don't do your leg like that. Don't, do, don't be doing those things. Don't be sweating like that. A pastor must stand coolly. And you must stand behind the lectern. And don't do that. So I, we, are, we are going to bring balance to his preaching. Balance to his life. And that is why Uzzah died. He was trying to bring what? A balance to the anointing. To that which was not qualified. Because he was not a priest. You don't cross some lines. You try to balance. Uza tried to balance. He, he tried to balance. So Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of what? The Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. When he was married, didn't God see? Before he even decided he was going to marry, you, Aaron, and Miriam, who sees things better than God? And if that is God's servant, if that is God's servant, would God have said that? Why are you going to marry this one? Come on, come on, don't cry here. Go, you better go here. So you good you, you, you this one here. Would have got him, beating him. The wife, don't be afraid. The wife wants me to beat him. Amen. It's not you that he said. Now the man comes and he's beating his pastors. Uh, he's beating his pastors. Please, that's my son. Yeah. It's not a problem at all. It's not a problem. At all. Amen. But the point I'm making is that 
The, are, are you here with me? The point I'm making is that God has seen the guy. God was the one responsible for his balance. Because we don't wash our faces upwards. And Bible says, rebuke not an elder and treat him as a father. So you don't fight fathers. You don't speak against fathers. And so when Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses, even though they were old, you see, because they became familiar with him, because they thought that they were older. Sometimes you think you have something better than the other person. That's the reason why I'm richer than you. I am, I am bigger than you. I look more handsome than you. I've got more better cars than you. So I can now balance you. Balance. Put on the scale. Balance. And when they did that, what happened? When you read that, God said, he, they said, has the Lord even spoken only by Moses? Has he not also spoken by us? And the Lord heard it. And the what? Lord. So whatever you are saying, God is hearing it. We all have the Holy Spirit. We all speak in tongues. Amen. And to cut a long story short, we all know what happened. What happened? Miriam became leprous. Leprosy means your fingers are eating up. Your feet, your mouth, everything. For seven days, they couldn't travel. And Moses had to have mercy and pray for him. Aaron didn't get leprous, but that's a mistake many people make. Oh, when I said it, nothing happened to me. Like one man of God. I remember his senior bishop told him, the day you enter that pulpit, you are dead. When he preached that day, the following day, he was not dead. Next one, he said, you see, I didn't die. Yeah, he said. But he didn't know that that was the end of his ministry. Things started going very, 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 very bad for him. He later had to go and beg. Don't joke. Don't joke with spiritual things. Are you here with me? Yeah, I'm telling you spiritual things. People die prematurely. I've shown you how these people, Ananias and Sapphira died prematurely. We've seen how the, the Ark of the Covenant, they went and put there, it was killing people. Yeah, and the children, people kill. Don't joke with the anointing. So when you come in the presence of God, reverence the presence. Now, the, the Aaron part. Aaron was a, high, was a priest of God. And because of this priesthood role, eh, he couldn't just be taken away like that. He couldn't become leprous because there was going to be a gap. So God let him do whatever, and he, he bid at his time. Then, later, he was derobed. When he was derobed, God said, now, your punishment has come for speaking against. Go and die. Are you learning something here? So, please, I beg you, don't get up. If you think that somebody is doing something, you don't understand. Go to him in a reverential way. Please, this thing that you preach, I don't understand. Or this thing. Don't even have a discussion with anybody. Not with your wife. Not with your husband. Not with your child. Don't discuss. We do not speak against. Let me go to Numbers chapter 14. Let me do that quickly. Numbers chapter 14. Bible says, all the congregation lifted their voice and they cried. And the people wept that night. And the children of Israel murmured against what? Moses and against what? Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Will that, will God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or will God that we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword? 
that our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? You know, and they said unto one another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Next time I'm going to break this thing up. But the point is that they spoke, number one, against Moses and against Aaron. You don't speak against a man, you don't speak against his assistants. Yes. Please, let me share this with you. When you go to an office, don't only respect the boss. Accept and respect the people around the boss. Because they are an important, they are an integral part of what he does. They are an important part. You go to the bank and you tell, are you just not a bank girl? What do you mean? And you think that lots of the things the bank manager may not even know. Are you getting me? And I have gone to many places and I've got many favors because of the fact that I know I related with the ordinary people around. They were even the ones who say, Oh, we can do this and this one. That. The boy himself doesn't even know that that thing can be done. Yes. So you must learn to respect. And there are people that have got their CCTV cameras there. They are looking at how you are talking to their secretaries. And you see, sometimes the way you talk to their secretary. Is the boss actually want to tell him that? But because the boss is not there, you are venting your spleen on the secretary or venting your spleen on his workers. So your disregard towards the workers is a disregard towards the main person. Because if you have an issue with them, you can carry it up and say that these your people, they didn't treat me well or whatever. But you are not the one to go and correct them. You are not the one to disregard them. You are not the one to insult them. And when you go and they say, sit down here, sit down here. Some of the very humbling things. You go and sit, you are traveling, you start the flight. And maybe you are tired or you are relaxed. Then this little girl comes and says, sir, please, buckle. And some of them come, the way they even say it. Eh? Can, can, can you buckle up? Buckle up. And especially, you know, some of the white girls, they think that we are black people, we don't know anything. So buckle up, buckle up. By humbly, you must do it. Because you are responsible for your life. And if you like, you go and do giddy, 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 giddy. When you get there, the police will be waiting for you there. Yeah. And you can be black, blacklisted. So we have to learn never to speak. We don't speak against a leader. We don't speak against his assistants. And we don't speak against the place where God has given us. Can I have an amen? amen. Don't speak. Ghana is not an utopic place. But don't speak too much wrong about the place. Let's believe God for the best. Let's pray for the best for our land. It is only when you appreciate where you are that you can get the best out of the place. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not out of word, but I'm out of time today. Is that right? But I want you to know that you are not the one to balance the anointing. <laughs> Sometimes even some pastor's wife do that. Are you getting me? Yeah, it's true. Sometimes your husband may be, uh, but when it comes to the anointing, you are not the one to balance. And if it's a woman also who has a ministry, you don't say, I'm, the, I'm your husband. You must obey me. You must. Uh, when it comes to ministry, the ministry there, who has been called, uh, is by ranking. Yeah. So the one who has the highest rank, allow him, he, because he becomes responsible for that thing, his decisions. I hope you are learning something here. Is it helping somebody? Well, give God a hand of praise.
Amen. Hallelujah. So Uzzah's mistake was what? He sought to bring balance to the presence of God. Eh? And always remember that God's presence is never out of balance. And no human being, do you know why he was struck there? No human being can correct God. And no human being can also rebuke God. That's why you don't go rebuke. So watch out for those who feel they can correct God's servants. Who are speaking against God's servants. Yeah. This message is so deep that I can't finish it. Is that right? Yeah. How many of us have heard of Archbishop Idahosa? That man was a very dangerous man. He was a very, very dangerous man. Yeah. Even people who tried to sit on his court cases, they died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't even insult a man of God in your head. Don't think about it. You see, when you see a man of God, all you want to do is, how can I help this man? How can I be a blessing to this man? And when you even see a weakness in the person's life, what do you do that? Lord, you, you are praying that God, may you still help them. Because you see, with all the weakness, God is still using him in a way. And you know you have your own weaknesses. So what you do is that, how can I even be of help to this person? By praying for the person and motivating the person that despite his weaknesses, he's still trying to do something. Someone like Archbishop Duncan Williams has no classmates. He didn't go my well. He was a guru boy, I think class four or something. But, but today, look at this man. He's working with presidents. He's invited. You who has invited you to White House? Even Flagstaff House here. Even which MP has invited you? Eh? MC Ikwa doesn't know you. Eh? Eh? Even assemblyman, since he wondered this, when he was an assemblyman, you, you call him and he may not he, he, he get him. And the man he said, I was there one day. I saw a U, the US ambassador and following this man like a little boy. He was just for, hey, look. And you can get up. And you see, that's why you must respect grace. And you must respect who God has decided to elevate and use for his work. <laughs> yeah. Almost every president has said, they call him Papa from, from, from uh, uh, um, all of them, uh, Atamils, Kufuor, whatever, all of them relate. Even the last I was in the meeting when my, the vice president Baumia said, uh, Papa, can I have the permission also to call you Papa? Because my friends call you Papa. Wow. Yes. The man was not stepped in any secondary school classroom. Look at the language. Look at whatever. And you get up and people are talking about men of God. And you add your mouth. Hey, hey. To try to balance them. Hey. And to try to criticize them. Hey. Please. I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. I'm kneeling before you today the 23rd of september 2020 wednesday never open your mouth i want you to make a covenant no matter the temptation tell yourself i will never join rebels i will never speak against i will learn to appreciate whatever has been done for me 
and I will thank God for the fact that he has given me his gifts and I will not reject the gift of God because when you reject somebody's gift you have rejected him are you getting me when you give me a gift and I, I don't accept it and one day I rejected someone the person when I said no I don't want it you have a gift I said take it I said I don't I don't need it I don't want it so for, for a gift to be accepted it's a blessing so when God gives you a gift you must embrace it because the gift will do you good Let's receive our offering. Thank you. Father, we thank you for your word that has come to us. We praise your name. We pray that you cause us to become wonderful servants of yours. To live for you in the name of Jesus. We pray that may blessings become our portion. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The son of the living God. May there be the manifestations of blessings instead of problems help us never to speak against your work against your servants but to honor your presence in Jesus name amen how many of us have gone to Catholic Church before you have visited the Catholic Church not that you have a member Catholic Church do you see when people are entering the reverence it's a church room I mean I've been an author I almost became a Catholic priest so I know it the reverence for the priests in the cassock. The reverence for the church room. Is that right? So when you come to the church room, that's not the place to and look at him. Look at him. Don't do those things. It won't help you. Amen? Amen? That's why we don't speak against also the place. I'll take my time and teach on those things. Amen. Amen? But I pray that may you enjoy the blessings of God. May you enjoy favor from the blessings. May, may, may God blessings protect you as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And may the presence give you rest and uncommon provision in Jesus' name. Amen.